On today's episode of Shooting the Breeze, hurricane season officially begins on June 1st. We'll take a look at various predictions for the upcoming hurricane season and see if it's going to be as active as what we saw last year. So sit back, relax, and let's shoot the breeze with your local weather authority. Good afternoon, meteorologist Adam Shawinski to my left. Hello. Meteorologist Molly Naslin to my right slash in front of me. I had to check that myself too. Hi. <laughs> Depends which way I'm looking at the time. That's true. Uh, we are recording this on a very cool and dreary Friday. It feels like it's March or November. It also yeah. feels like it's Monday. It does. It's amazing what a little light rain drizzle and overcast skies and checking the CI proud to go mobile app 48 degrees does yeah, to an attitude we don't we don't we don't talk about that we don't talk about that <laughs> did we leave the music running that whole time why not yeah that's yeah. true it's a bop it's, I don't, a good, it's a good jam I don't think everyone's ever heard the entirety I don't even think I've heard the entirety <laughs> I don't entirety. think I have either I've, I've kept it a close secret that thing goes that <laughs> by the way that's not even the whole thing it's still going on I just I just muted how it. Lo- how long is the track uh, that that track in particular, I believe, is three minutes long. Ooh. Uh, it's, a, it's a full-on jam, man. It's a full-on jam. Well, how are you guys doing? It's a little chilly outside. A little cool. I'm still wearing my coat. That's pretty normal. <laughs> that sums it up for you. Uh, anyway, yes, hurricane season uh, officially beginning June 1st. So if you are listening to this after June 1st, congratulations. It but is if, hurricane season. If you're listening to this before June 1st, that's a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, it is a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. All right. Uh, meteorologist Adam Sherwinski, get us started with Today in History. history yes, history. let's get to some weather history. May 26th, a BMI or yeah, BMI Airbus landed at, headed towards Cyprus from Manchester, England. Well, it went over Germany and uh, no major injuries, but it did go through a thunderstorm that put a football sized hole in in the exterior of the plane from the hailstones. I actually just saw this on social media. Really? I saw that. Uh, that did not look like a... <laughs> yeah, no, that... Who? <laughs> it looked like, like... Sorry to interrupt the history, but... No. Yeah, it, it didn't. Uh, the pictures from that thing did not look good. Yeah, it looked like <laughs> Thor's hammer went right through the nose <laughs> of it. So Oof. that's right. one. And then another big one we can talk about, too, is... Well, it kind of leads into what we're talking about, the tropics. Not so much here in America, but May 28th, 1963, a tropical cyclone strikes Bangladesh... 11,500 people, mm. uh, approximately that many, uh, considered dead. So, uh, severe Cyclone Storm 3 is what it was called. One of 17 storms in the Indian Ocean that season. What year was that again? That was in 1963. Whew. Okay. So. Yikes. Wow. Well, uh, tropical season this year, last year, by the way, uh, was a, I believe, a record-setting season. I think we had 30 or 29 named stars. I think they may have unnamed one or something. Anyway, uh, it was a very active year last year, and this year is still expected to be somewhat of an active season. Hopefully, and forecasters don't think it's going to be a repeat of what we had um, last year. But I'm going to go ahead and give you, I'll give you a couple of predictions. Let's first start off with Noah's official prediction. 
Um, the Climate Prediction Center is predicting another above average or above uh, normal Atlantic hurricane season, and they're predicting. Now, they usually do this in percentages. Uh, so 60% chance of an above normal season, a 30% chance of a near normal season, and a 10% chance of a below normal season. Now, I believe they even they do throw numbers out, and so they're expecting 13 to 20 named storms. So you're looking at 39-mile-per-hour winds or higher to get a storm named. Um, out of those 13 to 20, 6 to 10 could become hurricanes. Hurricanes are winds of 74 miles per hour or higher. And out of those 6 to 10, 3 to 5 of those they're projecting could be major hurricanes. Uh, major hurricanes are Category 3 or higher, uh, basically winds of 111 miles per hour or higher. Uh, so now 13 to 20, still very active season, uh, but not nearly as active as last year. Yeah, and we've already had our first name system in the Atlantic, Anna. Now that was a subtropical uh, storm, but we've already started before the uh, usually the official start of the season. But, I mean, weather never really follows the guidelines of exact dates. Yeah. Uh, anytime you, This is that time of year where it starts to, you mm-hmm. know, it starts to pick up a little bit now. I think a few years ago, I believe we had some named storms, or like late winter, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And I think they were trying mm-hmm. to figure out should we consider this part of last season, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> to kick off to the new year. But um, to give context for this being an active, predicting to be an active season compared to last year, went ahead and checked uh, the total number of storms for the Atlantic hurricane season of 2020 was 30. 30. Okay. And so they're it was predicting. 30. 13 to 20 this time so yep. still active but not that level yeah uh they do have let me see the averages here i've got it pulled up um i believe the average yeah the average is about 14 named storms uh that, at least that's according to csu's 1991 to 2020 average um which may be a little bit higher than what the previous uh, 30-year average cycle was. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Colorado State University, so we've got we've given you NOAA's predictions, Colorado State University. They get a little more exact with their predictions, um, but it's all in the same boat. So NOAA was proje- uh, is projecting 13 to 20 named storms. Uh, Colorado State University is projecting 17. Um, they're projecting out of those 17, eight hurricanes. So again, falls within the NOAA 6 to 10. And out of those eight hurricanes, they're projecting four major hurricanes. So, again, falls within pretty much they're all in line with, mm-hmm. with NOAA's um, projections. And this is just for the Atlantic. We also have a season in the Pacific, too. Um, those That's another interesting thing to think about. Everyone thinks about the Atlantic, the yep. Atlantic, but there's also the Pacific, too. Granted, it usually doesn't go for anywhere U.S. territories. Sometimes, I mean, Hawaii sometimes goes under the gun, but... Hawaii, maybe Southern California. Yeah, yeah. that's a maybe. maybe. <laughs> um, usually, I think Mexico sometimes gets hit by them and yep. other countries in Central We're America. We're often influenced or impacted by remnant moisture from, right. from mm-hmm. those. Um, they'll, either, they'll usually come up, they'll hit the uh, Baja Peninsula... And you know they'll they'll contribute to some quite a wet weather across the desert southwest, and sometimes that'll migrate it sort of get caught up in the flow and impact our weather by you know late summer. We typically see more of the impacts from the Atlantic storms, at least but, here in the Midwest. Yeah. You get stuff yeah. coming right up the Gulf. 
Right. Those are the ones that we pay attention to. The Gulf, and mm-hmm. then, and we really don't pay attention to the ones that kind of ride the East Coast from Florida all the way up to. Uh, I mean, we do pay attention, but we don't really see an impact here locally quite mm-hmm. as much. Because by that time, they start to go over the Appalachian Mountains. It's been quite some space for really to cut off that water. And yeah. It shears them up, and they're donezo. I was um, – I noticed that they brought up the uh, the ENSO or the El Nino Southern Oscillation, which we did talk about mm-hmm. El Nino, La Nina here just a couple of podcasts ago or so. Um, they did factor in – the ENSO neutral and La Nina conditions, and that's part of why they're leaning towards an active season again, because they're kind of predicting early on that it's going to start to lean back into a La Nina towards the end of hurricane season. So that's why they're kind of leaning towards a little bit more active. I mean, by the fall, you're still in the middle of Mm -hmm. September. Even into October, you can still get some pretty decent activity. Oh, yeah. By the time it gets to winter, that's when we finally start to cool down. The shear starts to pick up. That usually kills the season. But it's interesting to see how long these can go. I mean, like you said, a couple – or like I think it was Chris that said it. A couple years ago, they had it where they had one in the middle of winter, and it's like – do we count this as last year? This early start to this year? Where do we where do you put this new one? Where where do we put this? Yes. So I was just doing a quick search. Uh, Weather Service has uh, between 1850 and 2018. Um, they looked at the number of tropical systems to come through Illinois. And there's been a decent amount. I'm trying to find the exact exact number, but most of them that come through are usually either extra tropical which means they've they've kind of evolved into a normal storm system um or they're tropical depressions but we've had some tropical depressions track very the center of the lows track very close to uh peoria mm-hmm. a few times wasn't crystal one of those um i know this that may not be clear that that may not be included in this system. i mean yeah. we've had that was certain impacts that was last year i yeah. know that that Cristobal went really far inland. It did. Um, I don't know if it was if the low was still organized when it came through or I can't considered. Remember. But yeah, uh, but they've got uh, yeah, remnants of Ike came through Illinois. Hurricane Gustav, Rita came through parts of it back in two thousand five. I remember that. Gilbert, that was eighty eight. <laughs> The name Gilbert. Who names Hurricane Gilbert? I don't hey, know. There hey, was an unnamed tropical storm, nineteen sixty. Hey, there's they they change the names up after so many times. They, they do. They, gonna they do. They do. Gilbert so, does does not strike fear are you in of, my heart. Are you thinking of Gilbert Godfrey? Is that why? <laughs> no, but that just made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. Anyway, so yeah, they do come around here. Thankfully, the impacts uh, to us locally are are pretty negligible. I mean, we'll get some. You'll sometimes get a, uh, some enhanced tornado risk or something with the circulations and the extra moisture. Heavy rain is really your number one thing, at least mm-hmm. locally in Illinois. Uh, but, yeah, uh, so looking like it's probably going to be a more active uh, tropical season, according to NOAA and the uh, and Colorado State University, which I think more often than not they're kind of saying the, uh, the same thing. Um, We've already had post or subtropical, not post, uh, subtropical storm Anna, correct? Mm-hmm. And so, can I go through the names real quick? I just yeah, want to say let's, them all. Yeah, let's go. How, uh, because, yeah, let's go through. The Atlantic season has already started. Like I said, like, like we said, we already have Anna, but let's go through the other names for this year. And they've got the names all the way out to 2025. 
Uh, so they've already got kind of an idea of what they want to do the next couple of years. We've got Anna that was a subtropical system that's already gone through here. Uh, Bill, Claudette, Danny, Elsa, Fred, Grace, Henry, Ida, Julian, Kate, Larry, Mindy, Nicholas, Odette, Peter, Rose, Sam, Teresa, Victor, and Wanda. What I found interesting is they didn't have one for X, they didn't have one for Y, and they didn't have one for Z. But and and Henry <clears throat> Henry was spelled with an I. Yes. That is unique. That is. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to mix them up sometimes, you know. I like it. How many how many names can you run into after so many times? Let's get to the Pacific too because like I said, that's an often to me that's a spot that's usually mm-hmm. forgot about. The North Pacific storms are Andreas, Blanca, Carlos, Dolores, Enrique, Felicia, Guillermo, I like that one, Guillermo, mm. Hilda, Ignacio, Jim, let me, let, let me see, let me see, let me see. Okay, Molly's going to look at them too because some of them, I'm, I, I, some of the names I'm probably going to mispronounce and I apologize. Yeah, for that J one. Uh, that was a rough one. <laughs> I was uh, like, I don't know how. Okay, so Hilda, Ignacio, Jimena, Kevin, 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 Linda, Marty, Noah, Nora, Olaf, Pamela, Rick, Sandra, Terry, Vivian, Where's Waldo? Zena, York, and Zelda. Zena is spelled with an X, and then Zelda is spelled with a Z. I like that they have Olaf in for I one do. of them, and then Elsa for the other yeah, one. Yeah, me too. Very much a Frozen. I, I feel like that was like, we should throw in a Frozen reference, because why not? So these, uh, for those who are curious, I, and there may be a few people out there wondering, um, where do the names come from, and 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 how far back, how many lists are there? So the names, they're part of a rotating list, and there's a six different list of names that they rotate. So we've already got storms. We've already got the names, you know, listed out all the way going now to 2026. And those names will just continue to be recycled until one storm is deemed that it um, has caused enough damage either financially or through the loss of life that they decide to retire the name. Yeah, there will never be another Hurricane Katrina. Another, I don't think there will ever be another Hurricane Ivan or Ike or I think. Irma got retired too. Irma, yeah. Uh, I think An- Andrew is another one that will that's retired. Was Michael retired? I don't know. I'm looking through the list right now. Say that did have a very big impact. I think it was. Yeah, I don't see it. Wilma, it's another retired one. Wilma. I think Michael was one they decided to. Um, I mean, they, they're, these are always decided after the season, but that would because of the financial mm-hmm. burden for Michael. I think Sandy is also one too. Obviously. That'd be a big one, too. That, mm-hmm. that really messed up the East Coast. That one was interesting because it didn't mess up the East Coast till it was, till it became right. post. Right. To be, once it evolved into an extratropical cyclone. Which is why there So there always, was a little, there was a, was, yeah, it, was a, it didn't actually do damage as the hurricane, but it was, but Sandy was a beast. Which is why I find that, that that's one of those storms that people are going to do research papers on for years to come. Oh, yeah. Because it, usually by the time it gets to that level where it's a post-tropical system, it's like, okay, it can it, it caused even more damage, so it's like that's why it's such an interesting storm because it's like it was yeah. a hurricane. Now but I, I, now I could be wrong on this, um, but I believe Grace, um, I, I, not retired, but was another similar to Sandy as it was one of those. I believe Grace, and I think there was a book and a movie written or made about this, um, but I think Grace was one of those super storm type scenarios where it became post tropical and turned into a beast but further offshore, so it didn't cause as much damage as Sandy did. Yeah, because I remember as a kid I hearing a couple names, and I'm like, huh. And then as I got older, it's like they brought that same name back. Like Matthew, I think. I'm going to do a quick. I think it's been it, used a couple wait, times. Wait, was that uh, the perfect storm? I think so. I'm, yeah, I think I know the one you're talking about. I'm double-checking. 
but I believe that was I think that was about it about or it was it was not a true story but it was based surrounding true mm-hmm. true events. events hurricanes are uh yeah they're interesting one thing I do think that's interesting about hurricanes is compared to midwestern severe weather is that there's a bit more of a how should I put? Not that we don't put warnings out and watches, but way, 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 way more lead time. Yeah, there's way more. There's days in advance as compared to what we give. That's what I wanted to say. The, the lead times a bit yeah. longer because we know in a hurricane, if we know the path, the general path. Whereas severe storms, we gotta sometimes wait and see how conditions are before we start sparking those up. Yeah, the other, the other good thing about having such mass lead time is that if you have a hurricane that requires evacuating people then people have time to evacuate. Right. right, which is why evacuations aren't really a thing for severe weather so much as if it is for Midwestern severe weather as it is for hurricanes. Because, again, you've got days. You evacuate to your safe spot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. Molly. You, that's what. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I didn't even think about it. I was like, <laughs> she's got a good point, actually. You evacuate <laughs> to your own safe spot and at home or in whatever building you're in. Um, but also what's cool about hurricanes and – uh, I think that something that also was interesting to me, I don't remember if it was Hurricane Ivan. Ivan uh, has one of the largest, if not the largest, amount of tornadoes that, as it made landfall, uh, fell in the state of Florida. And I think I did a, that's the one I did a paper on in college. And uh, it, people forget. They always think of, oh, yeah, hurricanes are a lot of rain and wind. Well, there's also storm surge. There's flooding from the storm surge. And while there is a lot of wind, a lot of rain, people forget there's still tornadoes, there's still hail, there's still supercells from that storm moving on in. And I always get the question from friends and people who really don't know much about meteorology, friends and family, well, which one's worst? Well, a tornado is a tornado. A hurricane has tornadoes and wind, and it's all it's all the kit and caboodle. It's all relative, too. Yeah, it's all relative. I mean, where are you talking about, a large space or a small space? Are we talking mm-hmm. about a town? Are we talking about... Uh, part of a state what you know then that you know it's a different question so we did talk about this briefly until the early 1950s tropical storms and hurricanes were tracked by year and the order in which they occurred um i'm really sad because in 1953 they started with using female names and then they transitioned to using both i had seen a rumor that a meteorologist down on the southern coast had started using politician names to talk about hurricanes and that was why we started doing it and i had my hopes up for a split second but i knew it was just too good to be true (laughs) some of the and even some of them before we started naming them uh are hurricanes that if they had names would obviously be retired the Mm -hmm. 1900 galveston hurricane yeah uh that one was a monster and a half and that was just right about the time when people could start filming so they've got some Mm -hmm. video of it but that's it's one of those it's like it's all grainy and hard to see but that's when they could first start to actually start filming storms and that's when you could film because it's a hurricane a little bit harder to do when there's a bit more severe weather but it it's interesting to see how far it's come since the 1900 galveston tornado and hurricane or tornado hurricanes and hurricanes have been obviously around for well forever forever so it's interesting to see how we've gone from let's just call it this year this storm of this year to we're going to actually give them names so we can categorize because when you say katrina people know what you're talking about yes when you say galveston hurricane they're going to go which one which one yeah Yeah. which one labor i think the labor day storm is one that goes back to the 
thirties and So that would be before name storms. That was well before name storms. Wasn't uh oh I can't remember what which hurricane it is, but one of the more recent ones in the last three years, that was also near Galveston too. Uh, uh Harvey. Harvey. Yeah, Harvey. So mm-hmm. you, or, yeah, Harvey so, went on Har- the Gulf Coast of Texas. Nothing yeah. just didn't. The biggest thing with Harvey was, I think, flooding. Yes. Yeah, which it, it just didn't move. <laughs> once it, it just got, sat there. It just sat there and dropped. Uh, it it made landfall and said, "I am going to stay right here." Yeah. Um, you stopped typing. Did you find what you were looking for? So uh, yeah, I was trying to figure out. So yeah, I was looking at back to Hurricane Grace. I, I was like, man, I might losing my mind, but no, I'm not. Like to, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say you work in we're TV. Not, that's a whole other topic yeah, for another yeah, yeah. day. Different, different podcast topic. Uh, but so yeah, great. It, it was Grace. Uh, Hurricane Grace uh, impacted Bermuda, and oddly enough, didn't do much damage over Bermuda. But when it got absorbed into the developing um, extratropical cyclone that was developed, the nor'easter that was developing, it really deepened once it kind of absorbed its. That's interesting. I don't know that it. Storms could do be a basically a tropical system and then get absorbed by a north. It was a, it was absorbed in um, by another one and that's what caused it to, to deepen. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I wasn't wrong. It, it it that was the that was the storm, but it wasn't like it went. It was a hurricane and then went post tropical and deepened into a nor'easter right along the coast. It was a little bit different of a setup, uh, a little bit more involved with that. But uh, because Grace was very large and so. If you don't know, uh, one thing about hurricanes is if you have a small hurricane, even let's say it's a, let's say it's a category five, but it's a smaller hurricane, the swells with that are going to be very likely very tightly close to where the core is. But the the worst thing is to have a very large hurricane with a large wind field, and so even if you have a, a category three hurricane, but it's three times larger than a smaller compact F five. The damage from that F three could be, or not F three, category cat. three. Cat, cat. There you go. Cat three. Excuse me. <laughs> severe weather, <laughs> severe storm season. Uh, cat three storm. Uh, the 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 surge and the swells would be much 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 larger with the larger wind field. And Can so, you tell what uh, we normally forecast for? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the Saffir Simpson scales, yeah, I remember like what we're going. Uh, <laughs> let's go through because everyone here is Cat Five, Cat Five, and Cat One, Two, Three. Yep. And it is similar to the uh, Enhanced Fujita scale, which we talk about for tornadoes in the fact that it has numbers with it but category one is a 74 to 95 mile an hour wind so some damage to 96 to 110 mile an hour and i believe it's sustained winds correct or is that gusts i think those are sustained yeah sustained winds three 111 to 129 miles per hour 130 and to 156 to 156 to four cat four so notice, even as it gets a Cat Three, that's a pretty major hurricane, and those are when they start to talk about majors and you know pretty impactful ones. And then you get to Cat Five, 157 miles per hour plus on the sustained winds, and that's just over a larger area. With tornadoes, it's confined to what? At what's the largest tornado? A mile and a half, two miles in width. I think documented two, two. Is two. That's what I was this thinking. This is over multiple, multiple, multiple. Miles of damage and stuff. Right, statewide. They're yeah, both stuff. they're both rotating storms, but you're kind of comparing apples to oranges after that. Yeah. Uh, one thing is the Saffir Simpson scale is measured wind speeds, mm-hmm. and the, so that's how they they up those are updated through. They're measured, and then they'll extrapolate certain data. So they'll fly the hurricane. This is how they get their data. 
Uh, they'll fly their hurricane hunters through the storm. They'll drop their wind probes, and they'll see what the pressure's doing, the wind is doing at various levels of the storm. And then they'll calculate if they can't get an exact measurement, you know, at where they're measuring wind speeds, they'll say well, this should translate to wind speeds in this range, and then they get their that's how they get their projected estimated wind speed. Um, if they get a measurement as it comes on shore, they're like, okay, now we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually buoys are where they get right. a lot of that data from. Whereas tornadoes, it's all after the fact. It's all based on the damage itself. Yeah. And, I mean, there have been a few where they've documented, uh, documented uh, wind speeds based on Doppler. And I think sometimes if you look in the rec, depending on which records you're looking at, they may have an asterisk and say, hey, estimated wind speeds were this, mm-hmm. but it was over a farmer's field and didn't hit anything. Uh, so it was crops, so yeah. it was rated an EF zero or an EF one, but radar estimates that the wind speeds, especially when you have Doppler on wheels, because now you can actually scan you know twenty thirty feet off the ground yeah. into the tornado. Uh, yeah, those those were you know much higher winds and maybe a bump. And I think the uh, Vortex two project, the Lagrange County tornado or uh, uh, Goshen County tornado in Lagrange, Wyoming, uh, back in two thousand and nine i think is one of those storms is that when vortex 2 was in 2009 yeah wow. i beat him i was there first <laughs> <laughs> i was there first i was not that day it was really cool it's probably the best tornado i've ever seen but the weather channel took all my thunder because <gasps> the station i was working for and i was chasing for did not have the ability to broadcast outside oh. of Cheyenne city limits for live shots. And so oh. there was no way for me to stand back. And this was before Facebook live. This was before I had, I mean, we had cameras, but we had to drive to get the cam to get the footage on air. We had to drive back to the station. So you didn't have like live view or anything like that. Nothing. Either. Wow. Nothing. And Put so it here. You heard it here. Folks. First folks, Chris <laughs> Yates saw it first. I saw it first with a handful of other people. And then here comes Vortex 2. And I'm glad because they were all in the Nebraska panhandle that day. And Vortex 2 comes up and I'm like, ah. Oh. And then the Weather Channel's with them. That was when they were doing their thing. And, of course, the Weather Channel is now, they have the capability because we're Market 195 in Cheyenne, Wyoming. But the Weather Channel's got the capability to go live from anywhere, anytime, anyplace. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're actually showing this whole thing live on TV you should have gotten in front of me like, I was here first. <laughs> but no, it was one of the most researched tornadoes, and so I'm glad that they got there. The, oh, good. And it, the road network out there is a little dicey. And so the fact that they were able able to deploy around it, it was well worth it. And it you, was a good storm to get. You know what places I feel bad for during the spring and summer months, aside from us, because we're out there with the, not, not all of us, but stations like in the Midwest have to contend with severe weather, tornadoes and stuff, uh, hail, damaging winds as we normally see. But I feel bad for the... TV stations on the coast because they'll have to stay right there at the station during Our hurricanes. Our very yeah. own Nightside Now anchor Shelby Roberts has done hurricane yes. coverage yes. in her career. That, a lot of people have asked me, would you ever want to do? No. No. Uh, no. 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 I'm See, good. That's the thing. Everyone's like, would you like severe weather? I'm like, I don't want to sit in a hurricane. I, I have I no never want to go through There hurricane. are storm chasers that will do that during, you know, when, when severe weather season starts to, to die down in the summer months, they go hurricane chasing. And I'm like, I, I can't do that one. It's just a, that's just a rough, such a rough, that'd be rough for me. I mean, I'd be, I don't know how, I, when I, you, know, you see it all the time on Weather Channel and you see it on their stations where they're out there in the storm. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know if I ever could do that. And they're like, oh, Adam, that's going to be you. I have no desire no. to go to the Gulf Coast yeah, yeah. during a um, hurricane. I actually had some friends went and chased Irma 
right before it made landfall. Uh, and I think the spookiest part of their entire trip, they stayed safe. The spookiest part of their entire trip was how empty their flight was and how empty the beach was. Because it was like a day, day yeah. and a half before it made landfall. But and that, just, that's good, though. Yeah. These people were... <laughs> people took it seriously. People taking, good. taking the warning and taking the warning seriously. But it was just eerie. Now, something to remember, uh, we, as we kind of, let's backtrack to the Saffir-Simpson scale. Uh, that is a wind-only... Uh, We're really great at tangents. We are, but that's... That's the, shoot po- the breeze. Yeah, yeah. that's just, the whole point of a podcast. We're we're just having our normal conversations that we would have. Yeah, yeah. look, squirrel. Exactly. See? Yeah. See? Yeah. How many times have we actually had a conversation, <laughs> even outside of the podcast, where we just kind of go off tangents oh, hey, all the time? Uh, so the Stafford Simpson scale is a something to keep in mind. Is a wind only uh, scale. It's based on wind speeds alone. Uh, most damage for her from hurricanes actually comes with a storm surge. Yes, and that's mm-hmm. usually what takes the most life as well. And no one and everyone thinks about the wind. Like I said, everyone thinks about the wind, but they don't think about not the, just the wind, but the rain and, and the storm surge, which causes a lot of the flooding and damage, as you just said. And people forget that there are embedded supercells yep. when they make landfall. Well, and then let's remember uh, with Hurricane Katrina, that was a Category Five storm, but when it made landfall, I think it made landfall as a Cat Three. Yeah. yeah. All right, but the storm. And it, it was a very large Cat 5. Yes, it, it wasn't was. a small con. It was very large. But it had a Cat 5 storm surge as it made when it made landfall as a Cat 3 because the wind speeds were, were starting to slow down. But the, the water doesn't respond as quickly. I mean, no. it's no. still that there's still a lot of momentum <laughs> pushing water on shore at an enormous rate. Uh, so I'm actually, and I don't know how popular this is within the weather community, but I wouldn't, if the Saffir Simpson scale gets a makeover and we come up with a whole new different system, a rating system on how a hurricane, maybe the the uh, maybe the ACE index, which is I think the accumulated cyclone energy index, so some, sort of, uh, some sort of system to calculate um, that factors in, mm-hmm. you know, wind, but also factors in storm surge mm-hmm. and rainfall. And it uh, push, you know, as say, hey, this storm, yeah, it's a cat. This is a cat five, but this category three is going to have a much worse impact because of, of what the, you know, because of other factors. What if they do something like with the enhanced Fujita where the rating will actually get upgraded or downgraded? Based off of the post observations, yeah, they and they yeah they could yeah. But I think for I, I think for uh, uh, just when it comes to f- impacts, everybody sees a number, right? And I think this is this is they're having a simple scale of one to five is great in a way because it's like the higher the number, the worse it'll be. But right. as we've seen, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, there's been a Katrina, for instance, is, was a lot worse than many Cat fives to make landfall. The weather doesn't fit in a box. No, it doesn't. We, we, we put it in these boxes to kind of <laughs> categorize, yeah, categorize it. But even when we do our forecasting for severe weather, we don't look at just one thing and say that's what's going to make it bad today. It's a lot of little pieces that go together, just like forecasting for hurricanes. It's a lot of pieces that go into it. Is the water warm enough? Is there a lot of shear? Where is it steering towards? You know, all that stuff even goes into making sure just to know where and what's going to happen to those tropical systems. Uh, what's been going on in the tropics? Has there been waves coming off of uh, the coast of Africa? You know, all these little things play into each other. Is there, is there a low pressure system or a cold front coming through that's going to also shear it up as it makes goes along the shear coast? Shear or depending on how it evolves, it can enhance it. Right. And there's just so many little, <laughs> there's so many little, not even checks, there's just so many things to look at. 
and some things can overcompensate. If you have yep. something where there's just plenty of warm water and the shear is a little up, you can still get something mm-hmm. and vice versa. Let's say there's not a lot of warm water, but man, there's zero shear, something can still go up. And it's just yep. interesting even to see that with all weather is that there's just this kind of compensation with one and other kind of makes up for another. I mean, that's why yeah. we get mini supercells. That's why we get textbook supercells, which you don't ever see. That's why you get certain storms that fit certain categories, but they're never 100%. Like, 100%, yeah. this is what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, it doesn't happen um, the way it's always drawn up to be. But, right. But, uh, no, so we'll see how that kind of evolves. You know, it's our job to relay impact. Now, obviously, we're we're not going to be diving into the weeds with hurricane impacts in central Illinois. They're, you know, we'll, we'll pop up the category number. We'll give you the max win and where it's headed and who's going to get hit the hardest. Um, but that's about what we do here locally. Uh, but for the forecasters that are down in those communities, and if, you, if you're if you moving to Florida or you're moving to anywhere where they see tropical systems, uh, just remember uh, to look beyond the category and really focus in on, on the impacts. Know where storm surge is going to be, uh, what impact, you know, do, if you're close to the shore, um, or close to the beaches, do you how far of a storm surge before it gets to you? Mm-hmm. And so there's right. just things to, to know if you're moving to some of those communities and and when they tell you to get out, get yeah. out. Get out. Mm-hmm. get out. Come back to central Illinois. <laughs> yeah, why not? I'd rather deal with severe storms than uh, than hurricanes though. Any day. I would week. yeah, I would rather deal with something that lasts a few hours over a few days. A few days and then months afterwards. You, afterwards. All right, that time now to uh, finish off with a joke. Adam, what do you got for us? This one's a little weird, but it's a little goofy, too. How do hurricanes see? With one eye. <laughs> <laughs>